0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
2: It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G-Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G-Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey,
3: everybody. Welcome to G-Cobb in the House. I am Micah Warren. Uh, Here to talk a little sports with you from 7 to 8, get you ready for your weekend. I am joined by my buddy Jason Ashworth. Jay, you there, buddy?
4: I am here, my friend.
3: What's happening? Did Ron jump on? Is Ron Glover with us yet? I'm going to take that silence as a no. Are we flying solo right now? It's just me and you right now, Jay. Uh,
1: oh, Ron's a bright right. dude,
3: though. He's in, Ron's going to be joining us. He's, he's, a, he's a smart dude. Um, so, Jay, I, this is what I want to talk about t- to get started tonight. Um, uh, there was some talk of this in Philly on sports radio this week, too. Uh, I think you saw Andy Reid's. Oh, Ron Glover's with us. Ron? Yes. What's happening, buddy? It's me and Jason Ashworth, and uh, you're how you doing, Ryan, Mark? How you doing, <laughs> Jason?
4: Hey, doing, my man. All right. We're so, doing all
3: right. Um, so <laughs> right, it's as well, Friday. Jay. We're doing
4: great. Who we kidding? Sure. <laughs> right.
3: I've actually had better days, but you know what? Now's not the time for that. Positivity, positivity. Um,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so Andy Reid made some comments. I guess or he was asked uh, this week. Someone asked him about the Sean Jackson's contract and the answer he gave was hardly it hardly sounds like Bill Polian talking about Peyton Manning uh, It was kind of like you know his typical I don't know I don't get into all that I talk to the agent stuff but he didn't seem overly enthused so that brings me to the discussion of of what Deshaun Jackson is worth and i want to know what you guys would do with him he is so tough to put a price tag on this could be very difficult so uh, would you, you can't put him in the top tier of receivers i mean uh, the name that keeps coming up is Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, he wants Larry Fitzgerald money. If he wants that, then oh, there's a problem. I mean, we, we agree we have uh, Fitz, Calvin Johnson, and uh, and Andre Johnson are probably the top three in a group of their own. Oh, you said uh, great, I would have to agree. Uh, Calvin Johnson and who? Andre Johnson and, and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah,
5: yeah, and then it probably stops there too. Yeah, exactly. I think the drop off after that is. It's pretty steep. It's yeah, I clear. mean,
4: you'll have your 1As, your Roddy Whites, um, and I put that as 1A, but the distance between 1 and 1A is pretty steep. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Well, so, so here's the question of what you paid to show him. And I guess it essentially comes to this, and I'm reminded of, I know this is not apples to apples, I was rem- I'm reminded of when it was time to pay Hester. So what's a big play worth? I mean, Hester's an okay wide receiver at best. I mean, his, his skill is the big play. And that's kind of Deshaun. If you analyze his game as a wide receiver, it's kind of declined the more as he's seemingly like, is a more afraid to get hurt. Um, his, I don't know, his route running hasn't been as good, but you can't, I mean, you absolutely have to game plan for him every time.
4: What's that think, worth?
3: Like, what, where do you, you guys price it? Right
4: there. I think we just answered it right there. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald is a beast in his own right. Uh, and he can beat you, um, just, in terms of at skill at the position, he can beat you in many different many different ways. But let's be real here: every time Deshaun Jackson touches the ball, he's a threat to score. Um, I'm not saying that Deshaun Jackson has the best hands. I'm not saying he's the best route runner. But there's not a guy in this league that can keep up with Deshaun Jackson. There's very few people that you can say that about. Uh, and I mean, it, let's not let's not rule out. You mentioned Hester. Let's not rule out his ability to score at any anytime uh, on a punt return. Yeah. So you're not you're not paying just a receiver here. I mean, you, you're addressing several positions of need. Um So I think that has to elevate. You can't look at him as a B or even a one A receiver when it turns to paying him. You, I mean, you could, you're going to have to pay him big bucks if you want to keep him around. He, he's in a different class. It's
5: like you said, he's a threat anytime he touches the ball, and he's probably in space. When he's in space, there, there's not a bigger mismatch in the league. I don't think. Yeah, him um, on anyone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one-on-one with anybody is, is a mismatch. I mean, he outruns safeties when they, when they cover deep. I mean, special teams, you, you like, like Jason says, you're gonna have to pay him and you have to consider his special teams ability. And that's there's gonna only, put him in a, one of those funny areas, money-wise. It's gonna be,
4: you're gonna have to pay him. There's only two guys in this league that can catch Deshaun Jackson. And unfortunately, they're both on offense. That's probably Chris Johnson and Mike Wallace. Those <laughs> are probably the only two dudes who you can compare speed with. And we all know Chris Johnson deserves to get paid, and Mike Wallace is going to get his, not big money, but Mike Wallace is a stretcher, too. Um, but it is, and I think, you know what, to be honest with you, I think you just said it best. It's a funny area. Because I don't think anybody knows. What is it when you have such a threat? What is it when you have, I mean, yeah, he said, who would you take, Andre Johnson or Deshaun Jackson? Andre Johnson. Who would you take, Calvin or, or Deshaun? Calvin. Fitz or Deshaun? Fitz. But I might have to pay him that type of money. I'm just being honest. Would you take the, Roddy White
3: over?
4: Do? No, no. I don't think I would, and that's sad to say, but for the offense that the Eagles run and the fact that he stretches the field so much and the fact that he's a kick returner, no, i take Deshaun. I love Roddy White, though. I know. I like Roddy White, too. Yeah, Roddy White is good. I like. Yeah. I like Roddy White. Yeah, real quick, I and, want to hear what say what I
3: love about Roddy White. White. He's the only receiver on his team.
5: Yeah, and
4: well, you know, they're talking, talking to the Browns to now about AJ Green, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the Falcons are now talking to the Browns that uh, if AJ's there, at pick six. The Falcons may be interested in hopping up to pick AJ Green to go alongside Roddy White. That oh, would, goodness. if AJ Green is who people think AJ Green is going to be at the NFL level, that would be a
3: solid combo. Yeah, and. Well, and the Browns should be doing backflips because let's be honest, they got a lot of holes to fill. (laughs) They can use the extra picks, Uh, you know. But but just to get back to Roddy White, I love—he's one of the few guys where the game really doesn't look hard for him to play. It looks like it's just easy. Not that he's not that he's dogging it or anything. It's just it looks like it's not a problem for me to do what I do, and he does amazing things. I love Roddy White, but as you said, Jay, I don't—I don't know that I could take him over to Sean.
4: He, yeah, I think he, in terms of versatility, um, and Roddy White isn't a field stretcher. He's an underneath. Uh, he's a, a, a very solid possession receiver, as well as to being a threat. Uh, and those are really two completely different areas in terms of a wide receiver. Um, but I agree. I mean, it's not that we're. I'm not going to sit here and say that Roddy White isn't a better receiver. I just well, don't know if he's a better player.
5: And the thing with Roddy White is, like you said, you can move Roddy White all over the field. Uh-huh. Sean Jackson, he's pretty much only good in one spot. When but he was damn
4: good at that spot, is not he? <laughs> and that's it,
5: it, and that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, he's one of the best at what he does, and he's in that funny area. And the well, thing that, it, but it's kind of a double edged sword because now you're starting to look at his fragility, and that kinda of comes into play. But for the most part he's been reasonably healthy. So yeah, you can't then, even really go on that yet.
4: And, well, and playing that, off that, Micah, you alluded earlier, um, that you know, he has a little resistance to go over the middle. And I mean for good reasons he's gotten hurt and I know part of us that has thought Mike and I, you and I have talked about this, is is his reluctance to go over the middle in part because he hasn't had his payday yet. And yeah, when I mean, he's one his hand his payday, on the contract and the other hand reach up the ball. Yeah, you no. Know, <laughs> there's two ways to look at it. There's there's one way to say, hey, look, when this guy gets paid, all right, then he'll throw his line, then he'll throw his body out there. He'll put himself in harm's way to go out and make a play, make a catch. That's what the, that's what the uh, the big money receivers do in this league, right? The yeah. other the other half could say, look, he doesn't go over the middle now. When he gets paid, he he damn well ain't going over the middle. See, See I think inside that, it. Jay. So which side do you which side do you fall on? I, I think I'll fall on the th- side of.
5: Sorry, not to cut you off, Market. No, go ahead. I'll
3: are on the side of. Just jump
5: in. I'll on the side of. That's why you have Jeremy Macklin and Jason Avant. Yeah. And
3: Selick, If
5: you're gonna if you're gonna give him the money, you really want to minimize his chance of injury, so you keep him where he is. It's bad enough that he's going to be returning punts and kicks, which which is increasing his chance for injury. Just keep him on the outside. I mean, they, they, they're always gonna, they're always gonna run plays for him. You're gonna have the reverse, the flea flickers and those sort of things. And he's gonna get his catches, he's gonna get his yards, he's gonna get his scores. Just keep him where he is. And in all reality, once he gets the, once he gets the money, I'm leaning towards the side of he's definitely not going over the middle.
4: And I may be okay with that. I don't want him going over the middle. I'm In all reality, and and here's the thing too, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know what, the Eagles need to commit to Deshaun Jackson because he is the best at what he does. I don't need the Eagles to say that. You don't have to go out and give him big money because you think he's the best at what he does. Mm -hmm. Go out and give him the money he deserves, not only for the plays that he makes, but for the plays that he allows Macklin and Avant to make. Because of what he does yeah. is stretching it, commit to him not because you think he's the best. Commit to him because of what he does for your offense. He makes that offense go, in all reality, in terms of the spacing he can create. Because if I'm not able to make catches over the middle, if, if the safety's dropped down, not worrying about the strong over the top. Mm-hmm. So let, let's just not – I don't have to pay him for the reason for that he's the best, but I'm paying him because of what he does for my offense. Here's and the having problem a weaver not gotten hurt, who knows what type of season – Brett Sellar would have had, yeah. You'll have to keep the I mean, right end is, in
5: the block. Here, right? The, tri- he, the trickle down effect of him being able to stretch the field it just benefits everybody. Here's Sean McCoy. Here. I mean,
3: it, it, the trickle down is just it affects everybody. Agreed. Agreed. This is my problem when you stop sending him, him on anything underneath. That defender can back up twenty yards and just wait for him to run a nine. Okay, mm-hmm. then, that's give me a, then give me a
4: bubble screen to Deshaun when he's back 20 yards. I will take Deshaun Jackson with a 20-yard head start.
3: My, my point is you, you do have to do some different
4: things with him. He can't just be a field stretcher because when you
3: know that's all they are, you know, you can't have Ronaldo Nehemiah out there and just be like, go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> really? The track star's going deep? <laughs> wow. No. Yeah, but we're obviously embellishing here because just, just by saying Deshaun Jackson doesn't go over the middle, I'm talking about Deshaun Jackson doesn't go over the middle, you know, five to ten yards off the ball. Deshaun Jackson took it over the middle against Detroit last year for a 150-yard touchdown. I mean, you know my point. Deshaun Jackson can go over the middle. What I'm saying is he doesn't take a slant route over the middle. That's chasing no. territory. Okay, his, the territory. Okay, over the
3: middle and underneath are different. So it's, as long as he's getting something underneath to make the guy yeah. think, he might just stop. Uh-huh. Like even a sticks route or something like that. Just let him know he might stop because that's when he gets you. It's that split second that the play is over. It's over. If That's you what the think NFL you have, is.
4: You have a split second to make your decision. Because the athletes are that good, and Deshaun Jackson, in terms of athletic ability, just happens to be at the upper echelon of that. He's a split second guy. Yep.
3: He really is. He'll, make, he'll just he'll he's kill a split you second that. Player. But I disagree with you guys. I think he's going to be more likely, and I don't know this for sure, I think he's going to be more likely to risk his body a little bit once he gets paid. I don't think it's like a Haynesworth where he gets paid and then goes in the toilet. I think he wants to get paid so he can just go through and, and play harder. I could be way off. I could be way off, but that's always the way it struck me. Like you saw him getting down in those games late last year, he got the ball and couldn't wait. He couldn't get
4: to the ground quick enough. Yeah, but, wow. I, don't
3: know
4: if that, I, but I just don't know I if that's a dog in him. I can't
5: they see Michael.
4: We talked about that. Is there is there a little bit of dog in this game? Maybe I don't know. I think it's
3: gonna. I, I think I think it'll come out. I mean, when you're at he shines six. away.
5: I, now, I know there are times where I get the impression where he's shying away. He's oh, backing I'm, off. He's not Randy Moss in it, but
3: he's in that area. Wow. Well, he's in that area. I, no, no, I, I hear man, you. And Rand, Randy will be thrilled to know that his name is a verb now. <laughs> and not a good one. <laughs> it's just not a good one. But look, guys, we got to take a break. I'm going to come back we talk more about wide receivers in football, despite the fact that there are no wide receivers in football right now. We'll be right back on g Cobb in the House on voiceamericasports.com.
6: Your internet flagship station
7: for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Channel.
8: Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keepin' It Real Radio. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific.
7: Voice America Sports Network.
6: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
3: Uh, we we're talking some Eagles, because we always get hooked up on that stuff. But there's other more pressing issues in Philadelphia and beyond. Specifically, you know, we're going to get into some tourney talk, too. Um, God, I love watching Duke lose. Um, but first off, we got we, we can't continue to ignore the Flyers in this program. Um, they've been the number one seed in the conference for quite some time now. But... And I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit here, because even back in November, December, when they had this kid, Sergei Bobrovsky, standing on his head, he's playing well. Oh, this kid, Bob, we got him. We found a goalie. And I kept thinking, I don't want a kid in the playoffs. A, he's playing well right now. He had never played more than, I think, he wasn't even allowed to play more than 35 games previously in, the, in was it the KHL where he came from? Um, so not only has he never even played 35, look at the size of an NHL season. So he was going to play that well that long with an injured Michael, Michael Layton kind of bouncing around at the time. They didn't know what they were going to do with him, but they had Boucher and he was playing pretty well. And I kept thinking this team is stacked top to bottom. This is before the power play problems hit. I was like, I, I just, these these goalies worry me. I mean, and now when you look at, that, you throw the poor power play in, shoddy goaltending and a poor power play are not recipes for success in the postseason. Um, the team is just not playing well. They can't close people out. What were the eight games left?
5: I believe it's eight.
3: Okay, so about we, that. About that. What's your level of concern right now? You are better be going to playoffs. You better be. I'm at, a cold, I'm at cold orange. Yeah. <laughs> You're <a> cold orange. <laughs> I'm at a
5: cold orange. I'm I'm worried. Um, the fact that four of the last five have gone into overtime. Very winnable games. And uh once this slide started, I kinda of thought they were coasting, maybe just a little out of focus, but now there's really genuine cause for concern. And um I,
4: <laughs> I don't know. Look, there's cause for concern hands down. There's there's a couple things that I look at with the Flyers that have bothered me. Um I mean they started doing it. Um or I should say they were able to do it in the beginning of the season. Um, but right now, like you said, Micah, they have, what's the word? Let's just say inconsistent goal goaltending. Because there are times, like last night, where Bob looks nice. There are times where Boucher has a solid effort. Uh, so I just want to say inconsistent. Uh, I don't want to be too harsh as I have been and say terrible. I'll just say inconsistent. All right, mm-hmm. You have an inconsistent goaltender. You have poor power play. You're unable to, to close games out. Right, we know that. And the, the fourth one is you're unable to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Yeah. There's been plenty of games where, the, where, where I've been scratching my head and how are the Flyers losing this game? Um, those four things are not the things that I want associated with my club heading into the playoffs. Because, and the argument is and has been, Mike, you know this, oh, well, they score goals. I don't know, give me this nonsense, they score goals. What does it even mean? They score goals. <laughs> what does it even mean they like one goal last night? Don't tell me they scored goals. Over the course of a season everyone scores goals. But in the playoffs when you have, you know, a situation where there's two to one games, uh, three to two games, goaltending is gonna be huge and you better be on the you better be on the upside of that goal scoring match.
3: Yeah, I, I wonder to what degree uh, you worry about the defense, too, because one of the reasons they had success, even with Leighton last year, it was Leighton and Boucher and back and forth. They weren't very good either. They kept them clean. And I, I've used this example before, not to the same degree, but I've never, i never liked Chris Osgood. That guy, wins. he was winning cups like left and right. Yeah, he also had uh, Incredible team in front of him. Chris Osgood
4: what? was solid. I think you're wrong. Chris Osgood was a solid goaltender. Oh, I never liked Osgood. Never liked Chris Osgood was a big reason they won a couple of those cups, brother.
5: Yeah, yeah that I, second
4: uh, that second cup was. Uh, I think there
5: was a back-to-back cup in there. Probably it's Detroit. They win every yeah. year. I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what you're talking about. I think there's a. I think there's a back-to-one season. He was solid, and I won't say he carried them, but he played out of his mind in the playoffs.
4: Uh huh. He played a lot better
5: he... than what I expected. All
4: right. Would okay, you take all right, right now? Would you take? Let me ask you this then: If he was just all right, you tell me who you're taking: Boucher, Bobrovsky, or Ozgood? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <Okay. What's laughs> of course I'm but taking Ozgood. Right. Well then, what well, you just said I never really liked him. He was all right,
3: but right now you just told me I'm him, out of my mind. So he might be a amount, little better than all right. For the amount of championships that he won. No, he's not a wild bro
4: Come on. No,
3: nobody, he, yeah, but but there's only. I want to see how many rings he won. But there's, only I know Hashik was in there too. Mike Vernon was in there too. You know, if he was so great, why did they go out and get all these guys? Why would they go get Hashik and Vernon? Because he
4: was old. Not when hot. No. <laughs> no, not when Hashik was there. But Hashik was because it was Hashik. When you go out and get Dominic Hashik, pretty much regardless of who you, who you had in that too, it was Dominic. And especially Hoshik. if you wanted to come there. Yeah.
5: I mean, that's a no brainer.
4: That's Dominic Kosciuk, man. You're saying, okay, really one of the now best this- goaltenders of our time, hop on board. Yeah, but you know
3: what? I think what, what made me uh, think about this was I think I saw someone talking about Osgood
4: potentially being in the Hall of Fame. Oh, well, that that I don't know. I won't speak to that.
3: <laughs> but it's because of the rings.
4: <laughs> I'm not going to say, yeah, but I'm not going to. How many rings? That's what I'm looking up. I think it's two. He got those
3: rings after 30, didn't he? Yeah, he might have.
5: I, I,
4: I mean, know he said right with 30. He always kind of he like was a journey. <laughs> John Elway, he got it at the end. He so said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but as far as I
5: was good, wasn't he kind of like a, a journeyman type goalie? Yeah,
4: he United? was pretty much always with Detroit, wasn't he? He was with Detroit for a while. Just never. Yeah, he, he left he for a kinda, few
3: years in between. Yeah, he bounced. He, he did what? He left for a few years to be with a couple of teams, like the Islanders and St. Louis. I want to say. Uh, did he really oh, settle in? Okay. he settled in, and he settled in in Detroit.
4: Okay. Okay. No, I did not know well,
3: that. He started his. You know, he started with Detroit, and back in '93, this guy has been around forever.
4: <laughs>
3: wow. I was just looking at his Yahoo Sports profile, and yeah, he spent. Let's see, in 0102 with was Islanders, Islanders, St. Louis, St. Louis. Other than that, it's all Detroit. And I'm oh. determined to find out. we top. See, somebody says here. I just did a Google search. Chris Osgood, Hockey Hall of Famer.
4: Like, is that even... Really? How many races does he have? That's what I'm trying think to find. I he only has two. I mean, I that could little, be wrong. That's what I'm thinking. He would have gotten it he like had in, two. in 97. Had he was a goalie in 97, right? Against Flyers. They swept the Flyers.
3: Uh, that could have
4: oh, been Vernon. Incorrect. What's that? No, I think
3: that was, yeah, I think that was, that may have been Vernon. Yeah, I think it might have been Vernon. Um, I
4: think it was with him. He's got, he, oh my God. Well, okay, well, he's, he's still, still got a ring like victory. Even so, he's still got a ring. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the other one would have been, yeah, I think it's only two. Uh, his 247 career goals against
3: ranks fifth in NHL history. Uh, his 906 save percentage ranks. Are we 11. really
4: going? Are we really going on a Chris Osgood tangent right now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to go off. But the bottom is, I'm sitting here watching Marquette in North Carolina, and I'm thinking, why am I thinking about Osgood and his his goals <laughs> that? We're trying to validate his Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I'm oh thinking, You can right, do. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You can,
3: but my point was, you can do very good things. With a good defense in front of you, and don't tell me, uh, Ozuka didn't benefit from having Lidstrom in front of him, yeah. um, for all those years. But this, this Flyers team, I think, Jay, you said it was just, there's not, the things that they have wrong are not things that I would want to be wrong. And it all, cause their, their defenders will say, well, you know, they've been in first the whole year. What, you know, what are you
4: complaining about?
7: Cause it doesn't matter.
4: That's such a huge lead then, too. They were just destroying people. Every puck was bouncing, and uh, every puck was going there. The call was going their way. Puck was bouncing towards six, finding the empty net. Everything was going their way early. Gosh, I don't care what happens early. I want to know how they're playing now, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, you, the you don't get any bonus points for, for, <laughs> for having the best record in the regular season. It's 0-0. And the things that you need to happen now,
5: and the way of building momentum and, like you said, the puck going your way, some calls. And just playing good, solid hockey, none of that is happening. I mean, they're probably going in to the playoffs, scratching their own heads, trying to figure this thing out. And you're trying to figure it out at the wrong time.
4: All right, so let's take it this way then. You know, because I don't want to be unfair in all reality. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have to look at it, let's look at it this way. Against the Caps, they outplayed the Caps. Up and down the ice. They played virtually the entire the entire game in the offensive zone, but they had bad goaltending, all right? But at least, but least we saw the Flyers, defensemen, forwards, playing Flyer hockey, all right, in terms of up and down the ice. Now, last night against the Pens, eh, they looked too solid, but the goaltending sure did. Bob played on his head. So I think the Flyers we're used to, the Flyers we want to see, or in all reality, the Flyers they can be is the offensive style of play we saw against the Cats and the goaltending we saw against the Penguins. So if they can just put those together, slowly but surely they may be turning the slump around. They're just not clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, but I think if you take those two games to figure out who the Flyers can be, it's still a pretty damn dangerous team. Oh, I don't
3: think
4: they're going to be an easy out. Oh. What was that, Mike? No, go
3: ahead, Ron. I just said I don't think they're going to be an easy out. I don't, oh, yeah. to... same, same here. Same here. I, I
4: think that
5: you know they're, da- they're definitely dangerous, and more than
4: likely, I'm they'll talking probably dangerous. Probably I'm talking dangerous where Stanley Cup dangerous. I'm not talking about first round dangerous. I'm saying when they uh, click on all cylinders, there's not a team in this league that's going to beat them. I agree. Okay, I agree. Okay, okay.
3: Uh, well, see, right now you're staring down the barrel of uh, possibly Buffalo in the first round. Concerns me just because you get a you get a hot goaltender, you can you can do damage, and Ryan Miller can play.
4: Yeah, that worries. Me. But there's a lot of you could say that for a lot, and I and I know people say that, but look, there's no way a goaltender is not going to stand on his head for uh, an entire seven game series. Mm-hmm. Not, not Ryan Miller and the Sabers. Like if he stands on his head against this team, mm-hmm. that's him giving up one two goals a game.
5: Yeah, I, and after a while, the flyer power from this team is going to wear you down.
4: Yeah, deep, exactly. The Flyers are way too deep. And they're relentless. Uh-huh. They're relentless. Uh-huh. They are so really deep. You need to come with me. I, I'd rather play Buffalo than I would the Rangers right now. Because the Rangers are playing some some serious hockey. So if you're, yeah, you're me probably this, this right.
3: I, I don't think the Flyers are going to see any problems until maybe the second round at best. But that, that's just a guess. Look, all right, we got hockey out of the way. We got to take a break. But we're going to come back to a little NCAA tourney. Because I know Jay's dying over there. He's just a big Duke fan. Oh, uh, God, I we'll, hate we'll, be, we'll be back in a couple of minutes here at GCOB in the house on boysamericansports.com.
6: Your internet flagship station for sports.
2: America's America Sports.
0: Are you ready for an old-school, in-your-face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with Derek Kinnard. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on The Voice America Sports Channel.
8: Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
6: Your Internet flagship station for sports. his sports.
3: Do you want to give us a call? 888-346-9144. We'll pretend to care what you have to say. Um, give us a shout. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Everyone else pretends to care what we have to say. <laughs> we should do the same in return. <laughs> so, I want to talk a little NCAA turning. We had, uh, had a little problems for, for some number one seeds this week. Um, Pitt's out. Duke is out. Brackets broken. I had BYU in the final four. That's not looking so hot now. Um, So, I want to talk a little, was anybody a little disappointed with Jimmer Fredette down the stretch last night? He was hogging, he was gunning. And watching it last night,
5: I I know when when they started to creep back into the game, and when he hit the three from, that was beyond that little hash mark, he was out by the ribbon. And when he knocked that three down, I said, okay, he's about (laughs) to put these guys on his back. Yeah, and I think that may have been one of the last threes he hit. I think he may have hit one after
3: that, and that was it. But um, turnovers, the bad—you know, the jumping in the air before deciding to pass. I mean,
5: yeah, just too much.
3: Yeah, too much. I mean, it's tough to blame the guy because they're not there without him.
4: Right. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say as bad as he played in this, and this just speaks to Jimmer Fredette right now. Kemba Walker scores thirty-two. Like, oh, hell of a game, Kemba Walker. Jimmy Fredette's score is 30, 33 or 32. And we're like, hey, it just didn't look too good. Like, <laughs> he's a boy. So, I mean, now granted, he, he shoots, he takes 38% of their buckets. Um, I think he shot 734 times this year. Um, so, and I don't think anyone shot more than 600 in the last 12 years or so. Um, even you know, I could probably go back even further. But at any rate, or I'm sorry, more than 700. But at any rate, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all expect Jimmer to come out and just blow 40 every night. Uh, if not, we criticize.
3: Yeah, I mean, he does have a lot on his back, especially if they lost their second leading scorer. Was he yeah. the second leading scorer? Davies or yeah. something like that? For uh, a for Leading rebounder, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. leading rebounder. Uh oh, god what a what an awful reason to have to lose a teammate. <laughs> and, hey, and I, mean, I he knew I, he knew the job was dangerous when he
5: took it. Well, yeah. he's a better man po- he's a, he's a better man than me for even for even going to BYU. I, I, <laughs> I know it couldn't be me. <laughs> it's a great the party's point. alone. The party's alone. Right. You know, you live your whole life to get to college. Experience a little freedom, party on the weekend, or during the weekend. None of that.
3: Yeah, there you go. During the week. <laughs> none so of when that. When you go when you go to a BYU party and there's a big vat of punch, it really is just. <laughs> and that
5: and that punch bowl will stay filled until the next
7: party. <laughs> they may they
5: may recycle that punch for two or three parties before it's empty. <laughs> Nobody's touching that punch.
3: Nobody's touching that punch. I will say this though, because when I first heard about this, and people that don't know, he you know got caught, or admitted to having sex with a girl or something like that, and that's against BYU rules. Because uh, I first thought that like, this is ridiculous, but my wife made a very good point. She's like, "Look, ridiculous or not, he knew the rules when he signed up, and yes. that's well, he signed up for it." Well, you know, I, I, I'll agree with that even even the BYU chancellor, when he was explaining it, you could almost hear in his voice, "Yeah, I know this is ridiculous." at the school rule acknowledging it i would have loved
5: to have been a fly on the wall when jim mcmahon was there oh just to see i i I know i know there had to be
4: something he had to toe the line you don't come out with that swagger yeah yeah that swagger doesn't (laughs) doesn't come hearing that style of hair, that swagger doesn't just happen when you get to the NFL. You had that swagger, and you developed that swagger somewhere along the line. Don't tell me it just got turned off at BYU. Get here. Maybe
3: it he did because all of a sudden he realized he could drink and you know be with women,
4: and he just went crazy. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> women then, love me. <laughs> then there,
3: then you
5: have uh, then there's Steve
4: Young, who's a yeah. yeah. of Brigham Young. Yeah. Well, Brigham yeah,
5: you're Young. You talking is about me. big man on campus? Right. Come on, Steve.
3: Well, all right, do you buy the Tebow stuff? You're the quarterback
4: at the University of Florida. Uh, Yes, yes, done, uh, done, done. Yes, I do. You buy it? I really do, and that sounds terrible. (laughs) But I do, because, I mean, I I just, you know what? As much as we all want to say, and who knows, we thought, you know, Tiger Woods was this great guy, too. Okay, fair Mm -hmm. enough what i'm just saying i look at Tebow, and sometimes i look at him like you douche this is true isn't it yeah, <laughs> you're disappointed in a minute and i'm like you sap everything i read you really are that sappy yeah, yeah i think it could be true
5: it's kind well, of the refreshing but then again you look at it and it's like you know what this guy could probably sell me anything but you know what even with your white with your white iPhone. <laughs> he can send me my he can sell me my own shirt off my back. Right. And this is the guy but this is the guy that every man wants for his daughter. Yeah, it's uh every man, every, you know, that's the guy you want knocking on your door, sitting down at the table with you. You got it. You know, on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I agree. I just look at it,
4: terms it's, it's of funny nowadays because we're used to everything else. Everything gets yeah. that. And that's such a shame too, because we're over here cracking on him when he's just doing it right. I know he's doing—he's just doing everything that that the rest of us don't have the strength to do. Yeah. He's doing it—the strength, the interest, the desire, the faith, whatever you want to call it. He's got yeah. more strength than any of us on this phone do right now. So fifty yeah. times harder for him too. He must
3: have it thrown at him from every direction. Well, Michael, let me ask you like you don't want it at him. <laughs> What's that? Right? He's got he's got mother boosters throwing
5: it at him. Yeah. At the, mother boosters from Florida. I mean, it's it's probably, like said, it's coming from every direction. And then he was at the. Uh, was he at the Daytona 500
4: last year? Oh, I can only imagine him at the Daytona 500 was, if he was.
5: Yeah, I think he was at the Daytona 500 last year. That in itself. Oh man, I, that's a market. That is a meat market right there. He's turned down more than, I, than I'll ever get.
3: <laughs> oh God, that's that's why I get so frustrated with him because I I keep thinking, Tim, the God I know, I promise the God I know would be like, hey, so yeah, go ahead, it's all right, it's all right. I put you in this position for a reason. <laughs> yeah,
4: I <Go> mean, <laughs> go ahead. Oh man, so, uh, hey, I couldn't imagine. You
3: know why we're
4: on that topic? Why we're on the topic? And again, Mike, you found a beautiful way to go off on a tangent from the NCAA tournament to Tim Tebow. Ben but it awesome. anyway, I got I mean, let's be honest. Let's call for what it is. I'm not saying that he last year, you know, is this great quarterback. That I'm saying, oh, okay, yeah, that's I, I can see a little a little Manning in him. But he got the job done, didn't he? I'm not saying he was superb, but uh, as a rookie, he impressed me. Well, wow. hey, we'll sign him up for the Hall of
3: Fame. Did you Did you tell uh, Goodell that yet? Oh, wow! <laughs>
4: wait, wait, call wow. John Fox. I need to call John Fox because I didn't we know had jokes was... He needs we to know got jokes. <laughs> you to see. If you will be so arrogant, you have to call me out. What I'm simply saying is, so many of us assumed um, Tim Tebow wouldn't translate to the NFL game, and, and so many people assumed that whether it be his delivery, uh, or his shoulder, or whether none of us just wanted to believe he could actually play. Tim Tebow can play in the NFL. We don't know
3: that either. yet, Jay. We don't know that. He was born in the Philippines. I didn't know that. Um, oh, wow. Oh, call Roger Goodell. I think he'd want to know that. That might change the way we, we vote on him here. Are you, are you done? No. I think I don't <laughs> but I'll,
4: I'll hold off. I'll hold off.
3: I know what you're saying, Jay, but that's kind of how people predicted that he'd have to win games, right? Because I don't know if he's going to be a win-pretty quarterback. But, Ron, do you agree he never will feel- be. Ron, is it a little early? To say that he can play at the NFL level for sure. I mean, at any rate, it's being put on hold
5: because Fox said he isn't going to start. So right. now it's like we're being held in suspense until. I mean, what is he? Is it going to be a situational thing with him, or is he really going to have to wait until, uh, you know, if, if, if you know, heaven forbid, something happens to Kyle Orton. Um.
4: L- I was impressed with progression
5: from from the camps and up until what I saw last season. Uh, I saw a big progression. But, I mean, whatever it takes. And he can only use what he has. Right. And you can't give him said, that.
4: You just said it, whatever it takes. And that's why I, I'm not saying now that Tim Tebow is my franchise quarterback and for the next 10 years I'm set. I'm not saying that. Right, but you just said whatever it takes, and that's yeah. what I like about Tebow. He's a guy that will do whatever it takes to get into the end zone to win. And now, I, if, I, hey, I'll take that. I What if they that.
3: said? What if they said? All right, Tim, you get the ball in the three-yard line. We're down six. We need a touchdown. You're going to have to have sex with your girlfriend to get in the end zone. We'll what do, do
4: whatever it takes, it takes then. Takes. Jay? He's saying when well, and where? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right? LeBron, you think LeBron? he broke ranks? Line he up on the logo. go, I'll be there in three yards. <laughs> he said, let me
5: punch these three yards in, and then I'm going to punch them more. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You know, Yo, I love right. I, I think I'll he has a genuine the love for the game,
3: and that's what I really like about him. He has no, a genuine love for the, the game. And he, you know what, he is, I can say this, because I know everyone, I, I can't remember a draft prospect that had more people polarized as far as whether he can play or can't play or somewhere in between, it's kind of tough to bet against him because, if nothing else, all we've seen from this guy is that he wins. Mm-hmm. He should have at least gotten more of a benefit of the doubt, I think. And I'm not a Tim Tebow fan, believe me. I'm not, uh, you know, all field stuff aside. I mean, just as a player, I'm not a huge fan. Um, but he really deserved the benefit of the doubt. I think you know? if Florida would have ran a better system, he would have gotten that benefit of the doubt.
5: Had he thrown a little more instead of using his legs so much, and right, probably been a little more of a traditional quarterback from a traditional, maybe a more pro set type of offense. Um, maybe if he was in Tallahassee, it would have been a little
4: different. Let me uh, well put yeah. this in there too, because you guys were talking about Kyle Orton and is he better than Kyle Orton? Is Kyle Orton going to start? And you know, Kyle Orton started this season. As a beast, okay? Yes. But let yes. me just regress. When Kyle Orton came into the league, did anybody think, oh, yeah, that Kyle Orton guy's pretty special at Purdue. They know how to produce their quarterback. No. I looked at Kyle Orton when he played at Purdue, and I was like, eh, eh, eh. And then yes. even his first few, few years in the league as a backup, it was eh. When I did him, he didn't impress me. But then out of nowhere, you're just telling me Kyle Orton's a baller now? I mean, but he did. He balled out.
3: He did for for not the end of the season. He didn't. Water sinks to its own level, but yeah, well, not the entire season,
4: right? So I guess I guess just my point is Tim Tebow has done more than Kyle Orton ever did his rookie year, and we're we're higher on Kyle Orton. So I just think we need to give Tim Tebow that same respect, that that same that same look. You you follow what I'm trying to get at?
3: Yeah. No, Jay, I I hear you.
4: We we got to take
3: a break. We'll get back to the other side. Uh, that was uh, our NCAA tournament discussion. <laughs> it really <laughs> was. It was. <laughs> we'll be right back on g a-
6: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
2: Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal We're bringing it to you. today. starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to Inside the Trenches.com and let's make this. Thing happening for you, the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches. Your show,
6: your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
3: Show in the history of G Cobb and the house. <laughs> we have covered with Chris Brown in the Hall of Fame. We got. <laughs> we're, we're working on Tim Tebow,
4: and, uh, we, know, we, and he, we went off on something else too. Yeah. Um, well, with Roddy White. I think we got Roddy it. Roddy White. Was a of the, yeah, now we're going off so. on a tangent about going off on tangents.
3: This is a tangent about tangents.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> now I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get into a little. We got a little baseball here. Uh, we got a little. Uh, might be a couple issues with the Phillies, which I'll take this time to all my new T-shirts. I'm telling you, 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one. And that's going to be the hottest T-shirt this year for the Phillies. I have a prediction. Even though we've sold one so far, I think that could easily double by May. Um, but the Phillies do have some problems. Uh I was—I mean, Oswald's going to be fine, but you hear about the ball coming back to hit him in the head. You got Utley's going to start the season on the DL. Lidge is going to start the season on the DL. Uh, you got Victorino colliding with the Banyas out there. Look, blood running down his face. Yeah. Something is like—it's like they're cursed. Like signing Cliff Lee. Like was it Ruben Amaro or the devil that signed him? Just get this uh, out of the
5: way now. Get all of the madness out of the way now. And all right, just. Let's get it all out the way, all the head knocking, these freak injuries, and let's just play ball. I'd rather have it now than in August.
3: I agree completely, and that's probably the brightest spin I've seen put on it. Because, you know, not the Phillies want to jump on doom and gloom. You know, Phillies fans don't do that, mm-hmm. but they would they would never. But uh, it, it is easy to be like, you know, what? Oh, my God, what's next? You know. This team was, was, oh, they signed Cliff Lee. It was like, you don't even play the games. You just put them in the World Series. Yeah. I am a little bit concerned about this team. Um, and it's not just their injuries and everything. I still haven't counted Atlanta out. People forget they were in first place almost all of last year. I mean, they folded down down the stretch, but they were a problem all year. And I think they're better. You know, they they have great pitching, too. People forget. They have great starters. Yeah. You know, Tommy Hanson can pitch, and he's going to be very good. Uh, you know, Derek Lowe, uh,
4: Tim Hudson, who I've always been a fan of. And who's the other? The Georgians? Yeah, but hold on, but hold on, but hold on. Let me just – let's just say, all right, um, who, who, who do you like out of their staff? Who did I just name? Well, you say Hanson. Hanson's probably their one. But i I I'll give him Hansen. So I still like Derek Lowe. Okay, Derek Lowe. Let's use Derek I, Lowe, for example. You don't like right? Tim Hudson? Or, hold on, well, I I can use Tim Hudson. I don't care, we can pick whatever one you want. Let's just say the Braves, who yeah, they have a decent staff, okay? If they get nicked up, let's say it's Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe gets banged up this year, has some elbow problems, whatever it may be, okay? Or if it's um uh, who, who were who we just talking about? It was either Hudson, Lower Low Hudson, or Hudson, because both those dudes are not young. No, they right, are. So let's say either those get, let's say either those guys get a little nicked up this year. Well, guess what? You're not that scared of the Braves' rotation anymore because it's not that solid anymore. It's just one of their pitchers goes down, as opposed to the Phillies, where if one of theirs goes down, even if two of theirs goes down, you may have a little. You may fear the Phillies' rotation still more than you fear the Braves. So I just think it's a little different. Where yeah, they have a good rotation, but they have a good rotation in terms of, in general, it's a good rotation. The Phillies have a potentially all-time greatest rotation, and that is just. And I'm not. I don't want to sit here and cash the check. I'm not trying to say that, okay. But I'm just saying if you were, if you really want to be that scared of the Braves, don't give me rotation. There better be something else other than rotation. They added Ugla. Jason Hayward has uh, got another year under his
3: belt. One player, dude. It's one player. I right, just named two. Who you? Who?
4: Do, oh, Ugla. You're giving me that? I, I don't love him, but he, he helped. He makes them better. Oh, Okay, he, yeah, fair enough. He may make them better. Um, this, team, the, this team still will go as Chipper Jones goes. Because when Chipper Jones was there last year, they were okay. When Chipper Jones got hurt is when they really started sliding. Yeah, yeah. Chipper Jones slide, is another so. year older. He is not a spring chicken. I have it hard to believe that Chipper Jones is going to be able to get you, you know, three twenty and twenty. I don't, really. he, I don't know that Chipper Jones has that left. But Ron, what's your take? My opinion.
5: I'm surprised Chipper Jones even came back. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I applaud him for that. He's tough as nails, but I'm really surprised that he came back. And once he went down, that's when, like you said, that's when the slide started. But um well I'm I'm not worried about the Braves. I-, I worry about the Giants. Uh as far as their pitching staff, their hitters don't scare me. It's just that staff no. and the fact that the Phillies tend to have those funky days where they just they just can't do anything. And you know, if you go up against a staff like that, they're gonna be
4: problems.
3: Yeah, other
4: than, other than Posey well, the beauty of it now is simply that the Phillies can now match that. Right. That you no longer have to say, oh, the Phillies' bats aren't, aren't swinging and Kyle Kendrick's on the mound or even Joe Blanton's on the mound. Right. or Jamo's on the mound. Now it's, okay, well, their bats better be clicking if they want to put up some runs on the squad. Mm-hmm. And that,
3: that's going to happen four out of five days. Jay, they had, well, those, they, been, had they, they had, had the, Halliday, Walton Hamels last year, and they still couldn't beat the Giants.
4: Okay, fair enough. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Cody, you really My bad, my Let's bad. give Cody Ross Ryan Howard money, cause he didn't hit a hot streak. That's fine. No, Cody okay, Ross is really that great, and he's always gonna be that great. No, How they did they hit them. They hit a nice swing. They found their stride. They found their stroke. Teams get hot. And that's why they- How say many we times are the Giants gonna do that? What's
5: if they that? Played the Phillies, if they played the Phillies ten series, if they played the Phillies ten times, chances are
4: I'm taking six or seven out of ten for the Phils.
5: Right. Yeah. And that's it. The Giants just happen to get hot at the right time.
4: Yeah, and that's all it is. And I'm and like, like, that's, so that's all you're hitting.
3: But, but, I mean, Jay was making it sound like, but now that we got these four pitchers, I mean, they had three of them last year.
4: I'm just saying I'm, I'm playing the odds, brother. I'm playing the odds.
3: The lineup the is the what odds. knocked them out of the playoffs, and the lineup is worse this year. Exactly. Agreed, but you're not you're not hearing what I'm
4: saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It was the lineup. The lineup was not swinging the bats, but mm-hmm. on the other side, the Giants were because they found their stride, and that's exactly what you have to do in the postseason. You've got to get hot. The team that gets hot in any in in any sport in the playoffs, the team that, the Packers were hot. Okay, the, mm-hmm. that team wins in the NCAA tournament. It's the team that's playing the best and that's hot that's going to make the run. It's and that's why we're sitting here complaining about the Flyers, because I don't care how you played when the season starts. We're getting to April. You better get hot. And, that, I mean, that's what it's about. The Giants got hot. So I'm not going to sit here and, and start ranting and raving about saying, Oh, my God, the Giants can hit. No, they can't. They got hot. And that's the way it goes. That's the way this game's played.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say the Giants are a better team. <clears throat> I just look at, I, I love the four starters. Who doesn't? To what degree is is Litch going to be a problem? He's starting the season on the DL. He's not younger any uh, any younger.
5: Uh, I, I would have made you? a move last year. Yep, I would have made a move after last season when uh, when they had the
4: chance. Yeah. yeah, I would have gone out
5: and gotten. I would have gone out and found the closer.
4: And, and there were guys I out too, there. I said this too. Um, if I didn't give a specific reason. Actually, I, I did. I said that if Lidge, if Lidge comes out struggling this year uh, for the first half of the year, um, or I guess in this case is battling any sort of injury all right, that's prolonged, I don't think Amaro put this team together not to make a move at the break to address whatever position it may be. And I think the first position that he would look is to shore up the back end. So if Lidge is struggling, he doesn't quite have that that bite on his slider, he's getting rocked around a little bit like we've seen, or if he just can't stay healthy and he's got tendonitis or whatever it may be, Amaro will make a move. At least for Amaro's sake, I hope he makes a move. Yeah, yeah,
3: I agree with you. If if all those four starters have a combined ten wins with ERAs under two, he's going to make a move for a closer because something went wrong. Uh, But, look, we got to run. That's our time for this week. I want to thank Jason Ashworth and Ron Glover for joining me. I had a blast hanging out with you guys tonight.
4: Thanks.
3: We'll do it again next week. Everyone enjoy your weekend. This is G. Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com.
2: Peace. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.